podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We got a beautiful show. We got some beautiful hosts. We got a beautiful game. We got taste. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest And as a matter of fact It's time to get it off our chests Cricket, 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 cricket Hello and welcome to County Cricket Matters With me, I have Dan Whiting Morning Sam Dalling Morning We have um, a very special guest today uh, Dan, I'm going to hopefully say this right Dan Jadsovitz Who's, uh, who works for the North Ants live stream. That's a very so, good attempt. And thank, thank you, very you very much, much. for having me. <laughs> um, we're going to take you through round six of the championship. And I'm going to pass on straight away to Dan Whiting, who's going to take us through Division Two. Yeah, well, let's go straight to uh, Chester Street, where Durham, top of the table, and we had Darren Goff on the show last week, and they were looking to bounce back after their miserable start to the season. Yorkshire started off with 2-5-4, there were four there for Matt Potts, Durham responded 2-2-7, four for George Hill, Yorkshire then 2-1-8, four again for Matt Potts, there was four for Ben Rain. And it all sort of went into a crescendo of the last day where Durham needed 33 with two wickets left. And their last man, Bryden Cast, was injured as well. So there was a, a bit of would he bat, wouldn't he bat, etc. <laughs> they then lost their ninth wicket with two runs to go. But a 50 from Ben Rain saw them home. There's four there for Matt Fisher. But Yorkshire are bottom of the table. Who would have thought that? Dan, what's your thoughts on that? Have to take if you're a Yorkshire fan, isn't it? It's the media circus surrounding Johnny Bairstow re- return seems to have disappeared quite quickly. But that middle order included, well, Shah Massoud made his first appearance of the season, didn't he, this year as well? And Massoud, Milan, Bairstow, it's a team stacked full of experience and quality. And to find themselves where they are is must be incredibly confusing, I think. <laughs> yeah. Sam, Sam, we're speaking about Durham regularly. And I said a few weeks back, you know, can they go up? And you, you said no. And then you said yes. I mean, they're miles clear. They're, they're a win clear already in the table. Yeah, it won't surprise you to know, Dan, that I haven't changed my mind from my last yes. I'm still very much a yes. Top of the league. Isn't North East Sport flying? Like the Sunderland fans, they'll have uh, enjoyed their playoff first round victory, potentially a trip to Wembley, Newcastle, Champions League, and Durham looking set to go up to Division One. And I thought missing Chris Rushworth this season was going to be a hole that they couldn't fill. But if you just look at that game and you run through the scorecards, and this is the second tier of the county championship, and I've only done some quick math, and math isn't my strong point, but I think there's 10 or 11 test players in that 22. And then there's a couple more that have either played international cricket for associate nations and a couple more that might play a little bit of international cricket in the future so what a game what quality and Durham you look down that side particularly now they've got Patel in the New Zealand spinner they really do have all bases covered like that seam attack is proper and I think it's exciting times up at Chesley Street again 
Yeah, well, Martin Emerson got on the phone to me yesterday, but we didn't discuss any sport whatsoever. He just wanted to know where the best place was for a drink in Bristol. So there you go. <laughs> um, talking of test players, I mean, Ajaz Patel there, he, he was a famous for getting a 10 for and then he got dropped, didn't he, by New Zealand a few years back. And he, Matt Potts, he got eight wickets in the game. Do you think he's, um, I mean, England are going to use a pool of bowlers this summer. Yeah. You, I mean, he's got to be in with a shower, hasn't he? He definitely has. You know, I mean, we've got obviously uh, injury concerns with Anderson at the moment. Um, I think they're, they're possibly overplaying his uh, groin strain. But, um, you know, that there's definite you know, people in the wings. And, and Matty Potts has to be there, right up there. He's been really consistent. And um, he's he's got the strength, hasn't he? And, and we saw that in the test matches last year that he... He really does. So, yeah, I mean, I spoke to Armisen a couple of weeks ago and um, he was so um, buoyed up by the uh, Durham lineup at the moment. He, he thinks it's um, looking really, really strong. Go on, Sam. Pass, I think, has to be a name in there as well. Actually, when I was doing a bit of a piece on Anderson because I was at Old Trafford, when you start looking at the list of injuries or people who aren't quite fit for England, it's pretty extensive. Uh, and whenever there's an Ashes series comes about, Bowlers who can have that little bit of extra pace are always in and amongst. Cass has runs. He has pace. If he stays fit, I wouldn't be surprised if he is at least in a test squad at some point this summer. Yeah, I think he's going to miss the trip to Bristol with his injury. I don't know how long he's going to be out for, but that's one thing I did glean from Martin Emerson amongst our, our little chat about pubs and uh, where to go drinking, etc. Anyway, let's go down to Cardiff and Worcestershire have had a miserable start to the season. Uh, 109 all out at Cardiff. It continues. Four again for Michael Nisa. Glamorgan responded. 258. Five for Finch. 86 with the bat for Nisa. You can't keep him out of the game. Worcestershire then. 227. It wasn't enough. There was five again for Van der Hoogden. And Glamorgan then got 82 and won the game quite comfortably by 10 wickets. Um, Worcestershire, Dan, I don't know if you've seen much of them this season, but it's been a, a pretty horrendous start by them. It struck me as a little bit of deja vu, um, the start of this game down at Cardiff for Worcestershire. I think last week, wasn't it? It was quite a similar start to them to the to the game. It's hard really to to know what to say when a team is 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 batting in such a way. And obviously, I've had the pleasure of commentating on Northamptonshire so far this year, so I've had some pretty pretty similar experiences. Um, it, without being completely disrespectful, you look through the the side there. It's Adam Hose is a good signing, isn't he from from Warwickshire? You just wonder whether it all kind of eyes look at Azar Ali for the for the bulk of those runs in that lineup. Yeah, Sam, uh, Jack Haynes, he's um, he's having a, a miserable season as well. Yeah, and it's a real shame because I think he is a very talented young cricketer and he's still very young. I haven't got his run of scores in front of me, so I'm going to have to take your word for it, Dan. I don't want you, I hope you haven't sold me out and he's got 100 100 <laughs> and then not scored any runs no, uh, in this game. <laughs> but I don't recall it. Uh, it's um, yeah, it's an odd lineup as Dan was saying my favorite Dan by the way was saying um like Pollock and Hose they smash it it's uh it's kind of a white ball lineup I guess it's I'm, I don't want to say the term so early but it's this McCullum approved method I mean I think you've been a bit harsh they have won one game and they're middle of the table so I think they're 
it certainly could be more miserable when there are three sides below them that have a zero in that win column. Um, but it does look like you just think there are some strong sides in that division too. And I'm, I'm not sure they will be anywhere near the top, the, the promotion run places anyway. Annie, the Glamorgan roadshow rolls on, doesn't it? I mean, they're, they're sitting there fourth. They're just behind the pack. And I, I mean, they finished third last year. Do you think this is this is the year of the daffodil? Yeah, they're a bit of a surprise package, aren't they? Um, I don't think we really had them in the radar. I, I think uh, Ness has been rather good, very very impressive, in fact. And uh, I, you know, well, we we're a bit of a um, Matt Maynard fan, though, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think that they haven't they done something where they've got one coach doing red and one doing white now down there and. Uh, I think they're they're obviously really focusing on 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 the red ball at the moment, and uh, and and this is coming to fruition. I think. Yeah. Well, let's go up to Derby, and I have been moaning about the fact that Gloucestershire haven't been able to get on a cricket pitch most of the summer. So what happens? Yeah. Day one of this game, bright sunshine in Bristol. And it pisses down with rain in Derby. So, um, anyway, day one was washed out. They finally got on just after lunch on day two. Derbyshire got 2-5-1 for nine. Matt Taylor came back into the side. He got three wickets. Gloucestershire then responded with 3-8-3. Ben Charlesworth, good to see him back in the runs. He came back into the side and he got 87. There were 50s from Zafa Gahar and Matt Taylor as well with the bat. I think that's a career best with the bat for Matt Taylor. And Derbyshire were in a little bit of trouble. Tom Price winkled out a couple at the top of the order. They were 28 for three, but the game ran out of time and Derbyshire ended up 166 for five. Um, Sam Gloucestershire, have you ever known a start to the season like it? I don't know. I, they must have their dartboard must be taking an absolute hammering at the moment. Like it really is the number of overs they've lost. It's really sad. Um, and like yesterday, I mean, in fairness, it's been a naff summer so far. Yesterday was about the first nice summer day. I was sat at football in a raincoat, sweating away, refusing to take it off. Problem is I had short <laughs> sleeves on and I sunburned really easy, Dan. I hadn't taken the Factor 50 with me. But yeah, I wanted to ask you a question about them, Dan, right? Because you have nominally seen them quite a lot this season, or you've at least watched it rain down there a bit. James Bracey came in at six in that first inning. Is that a shift they've made this year? Yeah, it is. They uh, they haven't got a bat. Well, they didn't have a batting point before this game. Um, I mean, they've they've had the the worst of the conditions when they have actually got onto the pitch, and uh, they've what they've done is they brought in Charlie at number three. And uh, Bracey's dropped down to six. So it'll be interesting to see. They're going to lose Marcus Harris pretty soon as well. So I think Charlesworth might open. I think Bracey might go back to three or they could bring Ollie Price, who missed this game due to his university finals, back to three. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, Then Derbyshire. um, I mean, they're they're struggling a little bit as well. They're, They're in the bottom two. Yeah, it was nice to see Harry Kane um, score the 100 in the first innings, wasn't it? I think I saw a tweet go out saying Harry came, Harry saw and Harry conquered, which I thought was quite a quite a nice play on words. Um, obviously, the move from Derbyshire to Yorkshire for Shah Massoud is massive, um, but they have brought Haider Ali in at the top of the order as well. So not 
it's not quite the same level, is he? But a, a good replacement. And it was been a while since I've been up to Derbyshire, to be completely honest with you. I did a bit of work with Finn Hudson Prentice, who's been back on the South Coast for for a while. So I must admit, I'm, I'm a, feel a little bit detached from from Derbyshire over the last couple of seasons. <laughs> Anna, you've got a soft spot for Derbyshire. I do. Um, I, I had such a, a wonderful time up up, up there um, uh, last last year, and uh, but such, so so lovely. And uh, I just I I just want to say that I think uh, it can't be underplayed how um, what a difference the, the weather has made to some sides, and uh, certainly to Derbyshire and to Gloucestershire. You, you know, it's all very well. We, you know, we can have lovely weather in 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 April, which we have had the last couple of years. But, but the the ultimate thing is that if we are playing in April and it is damp, the the pitches just don't have time to dry out. They're still very wintry. You don't have that that chance to play on proper pitches if we've got damp weather. And this is why it's so difficult playing so early on in the season. And I think. Um, sides like Gloucestershire and uh, certainly down in, in Somerset and, and Derbyshire have had the tr- you know the same. It, we're really really damp pitches. It's it's really really hard to get get proper games going. So do you think it's a scheduling problem from the ECB? <laughs> I think it's a scheduling problem, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, final game in Division Two was down the road at Leicester. Sussex, who've been in sparkling form this year, they got 4.30, Allsop 1.82, shock, horror, Pajara didn't get 100, he only got 72, <laughs> five there for Vian Mulder, uh, Leicester responded at 2.70, Rahan Ahmed 50, uh, there was four there for uh, Finn Hudson Prentice, as you just mentioned, Dan, and four for Ari Carvalas as well, who's a, a lovely lad. I had a good chat with him down at Bristol the other week. Gloucestershire follow, uh, sorry, Leicestershire followed on, and Rishi Patel got his third hundred of the year. Um, Dan, have you seen much of Rishi Patel at all? Not a massive amount. I did have a listen through to the podcast where he made an appearance, um, and he came across like an absolutely cracking lad to to chat to. Um, and a nice little drop that his his mum's a fan of the show as well, which is always quite nice to to hear when a family's invested. Um, but no, I haven't. I'll be completely honest with you. Um, I have spent a bit of time at Leicestershire last summer um, in what feels like what must have been a different country because I think it was 30 plus degrees at that point and they just played India and uh, got the pleasure of uh, making a video with a couple of their lads. Um, but Sussex is my Sussex is my home county, so to speak. Um, so quite happy with the way that they've started the year, albeit Stephen Smith potentially weakening the lineup. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I was going to come on to you about that, right? Because, I, I mean, I saw them two weeks ago at Bristol and I thought Nathan McAndrew was outstanding there. And, you know, has Smith weakened that lineup? I think when you look at the bowling attack, respectfully to to Finn and Ari and Henry and Brad, I think they probably have. Ollie Robinson didn't play... This week as well, I think that was part of the ECB directive, wasn't it, yeah. to to miss out this week? So that bowling attack, respectfully to them, I think is probably missing that that strike bowler. Albeit they did incredibly well in Leicestershire's first innings to to restrict them to what they did and, and give them a chance to to win a game of cricket. Another one of those games where the first day was completely washed out and becomes incredibly difficult, doesn't it, to get a positive result after you lose that much time? Sam Finn Hudson Prentice. 
you you had the pleasure of interviewing him a couple of years ago. I think he might be coming on the show later in the year as well. Um, I mean, he keeps doing the business with either with bat or ball. You can't keep him out of the game, can you? Yeah, lovely human being, Finn. Uh, lovely looking man. Beautiful hair. I'm very mm. jealous of his hair as well. I know. You know, one of those stories, we've talked about it on the show before, started at Sussex, got released. And this is the beauty of county cricket. There's so many stories like this where it's not easy. It's not on a plate. Uh, went up for Dar- to Derbyshire, had a lovely time there, had only good things to say about the club, but made the move home. And that is nice, isn't it, in professional sport that actually the bright lights of of home and those comforts. And also it's quite nice down at Hove, let's be honest. But he, he went back there. And then was injured, missed basically the whole season with a, a back injury. It seems to be a rite of passage for any cricketer who dares bowl seam up these days. I mean, his came a little bit later than some of the others, but didn't he get, uh, it was concussion subbed in, wasn't he, earlier in the season? Didn't start the season in the lineup, came in. I can't see them displacing him because he is, when people talked about Sussex last couple of years, you know, it was like, uh, I think Paul Edwards said the other day that there's a joke. It's kind of like Sussex have got the, the perfect mix for success. It's the two best batters in the world. And then the pick of the uh, players from the local private school first teams, um, because it's, they're just all those young pups and they were missing the 27, 28, 29 year old experienced cricketers. Um, Cause Smith won't be there forever. Uh, Pajara won't, but Hudson Prentice can, if he stays fit, be there for the next 10 years. And it will be wonderful to, to follow his development because I think he's and Harry Carvelas, do you know much about him? Nah, I know he's a Greek international. I know it's a lovely story as well, but I would be lying if I could give you any more. Yeah, well, he's a lovely lad. He plays his club cricket at Wimbledon in the Surrey Championship, which is all the Surrey Prem now, which is uh, a very, very strong league in the southeast. And he he's from Hauteng in South Africa. And um, he, he plays now for Greece in the, the ICC competition. So it's a great story there. And he Leicestershire, um, they, they're another side who continue to confound the critics. I'm so pleased for um, both Leicestershire and Sussex after last season. They both were so, you know, performed so poorly on the pitch. Um, and and uh, both of them are, are really um, doing well and and forging draws out of uh, and wins and uh, just just competing now and uh, it feels it feels right to have them there and I'm I'm delighted for them for both sides and and uh, certainly um Sussex had uh, had a a bad season last season and uh, it's nice to see them um have have like you say talking about their their strengths and um so yeah Delighted for both sides and, and very pleased that Leicestershire are, are, are there and thereabouts. Well, they're sitting second and third in Division 2. So Durham are top on 82, then a massive gap down to Sussex on 64, Leicestershire on 60, Glamorgan 59, Worcestershire 47, Gloucestershire 38, Derbyshire 37, and propping up the table, Yorkshire on 33. Mm, that rounds up Division 2. So we'll move over to Mr Dalling, who will take us through Division 1. Yeah, thanks, Annie. Right, where shall we start? <laughs> I think, I tell you what, because we've got a very special guest from Northampton, let us start there. A 
thumping victory for Nottinghamshire, an innings and 25 runs. And before I go to Dan, I had a quick chat with a bowler who goes by the name of Brett Hutton. He took five for 37 in, I think it was the first innings, actually. He got those couple more in the second. He's got 25 wickets at 15.04 so far this summer. Let's have a quick chat to Brett. And everyone considered them experts on matters county. That's right, folks. I've got with me Brett Hutton, who picked up seven wickets in the game as Nottinghamshire went down to North Ants and absolutely smashed them. Dane Patterson, too, had seven wickets. What an attack not have. Brett, morning. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Thank you. Always great to be talking county cricket. Thank you for coming on. Look, mate, what a game for you personally last week and also for the side. Yeah, it's always good when we win. You know, it, it's nice when it works well for you as an individual. But, you know, the main thing for us as a team is just to, to win. And it was nice to do it in such a such a big margin, really, and, and wrap it up nice and quick. Yeah, well, it certainly was nice and quick. Back up. Well, it's a relatively short trip, it actually, isn't it, for you boys? Look, let's talk about your own, yeah, I suppose, gains this season. 25 wickets at 15s, three fivers already. Has it ever come out better? Uh, no, probably not. Um, there's a lot of luck, obviously, goes into it as well. You know, I've been bowling with some really good bowlers at the other end, and they sort of nicked mine or missed mine, and it's sort of that partnership thing that we have going on that people talk about in cricket. But, but you know, no, you know, they call it purple patch or whatever, but they just seem to keep missing it at the minute. Yeah, it's not bad when they do, and it's not bad when they nick it. I know you were talking about some of the quality bowlers at the other end. I mean, there's some seriously strong kind of attacks and also some strong like depths of attacks in Division 1. But you guys must feel that if you look around your kind of bowling group, that uh, you have one of the stronger ones? Yeah, I think we do, yeah. Um, like you say, that the other big teams in Division 1 have got very strong attacks as well, and you've got to have that depth. We all know that people get injured when bowling but you know we've we've had some serious bowlers missing out you know I, I missed the first game and then luckily got in for the second because we had a little niggle and then took my chance but you know that that's how it is in in this division everyone has five or six bowlers all willing and capable of doing a really good job yeah and how do you guys um I mean I've, I've spoken to a few of your teammates before and there seems to be a, a closeness around is it a bowling cartel that you guys call it yeah, yeah, no, it, it's one of those phrases that we've we've sort of ended up with as our sort of bowling cartel, um, and we are close. You know, we we understand that it's a collective effort as a bowling group. You know, you can't just it's all well and good one bloke having a really good day, but you need the you need your mate at the other end doing his job. And you know, it's amazing how often when the bloke at the other end's bowling really well that you reap the rewards of that. Um, so yeah, we we're, we're a tight bunch, and we we well we're really happy when everybody else takes the wickets you know we like to we like everyone to do well and we're celebrating everyone yeah and you must have enjoyed though getting the nod this week because of course you played down at Northamptonshire so was this one that you particularly keen to to play in yeah obviously um I think it's my first time back there to play a champion champo game since leaving and you know they've, they've upgraded the ground a little bit but you know, looking forward to playing against them, and you know, especially when you see a bit of grass on the pitch and you, the forecast to be overcast and things like that, you always want to have a ball. 
Yes, I remember. And you, you took wickets in the game against Somerset earlier in the season. And Stephen Mullady said afterwards, like if there was a pitch you could roll up and take with you, that would be the one. And um, you enjoy these April May wickets. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think all the bowlers are, you know, we're all trying to do as best as we can and get as many wickets in early because we're not quite sure what's going to happen in the middle of the summer or when we get that kookaburra and what better time to bowl than when there's a bit of rain, cloud cover and lights on. Yeah, have you guys started preparing for that kookaburra couple of, because it's two games, isn't it, in July-ish. Have you been doing work on that over the winter? Um, I mean, we, we used the kookaburra a few times, just mainly just because we knew that the pitchers were doing a bit too much. Um, and that the you know you get a nice hard ball with a smaller seam just to make it a bit more of a fair contest when the nets are a bit dicey. But but no, we <laughs> we'd like to look at it sort of one step at a time. We, everyone knows that the the Cookerborough games ahead and things like that. But we you know we're one step at a time. Focus on this Essex game, and then after that, we'll we'll go into the twenty twenty and look at that. It must have been the batters pushing for the Cookerborough balls to be used in the winter. I can't imagine a quick bowler ever actively agreeing to use a ball that isn't going to do as much. Uh, no, um, <laughs> yeah, as we all know, batters get a bit more annoyed if practice is, you know, not not of a great quality because of the pitches, the surface. You know, we can bowl. It's more about the miles and the legs and the bowling and things like that. And then, you know, if the surface isn't isn't great, then you have to look after your batters a bit. Yeah, you do. Uh, let, let's go back to that group because you've got Luke Fletcher, who is just outstanding you've got you've had Stuart Broad with you you've got Ollie Stones rotated in a little bit Dane Patterson what an overseas signing kids and Jake Ball who is there and hasn't even played like you're all right arm seamers but actually you're all very different too yeah I think that's the one of those nice things that everybody is slightly different um but yeah everyone's really good you know Jake to be fair was bowling out of his skin at the start of the year and he was unlucky to miss out you know, like I say, everyone's different. We've got Stoney with his pace ball. He's played, you know, he's played for England and he's not quite in there yet. And that's sort of what builds good attacks. You know, you don't want a team of same, you know, and we've obviously got Lyndon playing, who's the all-rounder again, who's different to the rest of us. So, you know, that, that balance of everybody being a bit different really works. And Brody coming in, it must be magnificent to have him around because he really is one of the boys as well. He's part of it. Yeah, it's always nice when you get your England players around and Brody. Um, you know, he's been around the game for that long that he, he knows what's happening in, and sort of he can sort of sense changes in moods and things like that. And and obviously he's so experienced with the ball in hand that, you know, if he gets his if he gets his legs up and he gets a sniff of a result or whatever, you know that there's a chance that he could bowl one of those spells that just finishes the game. Yes, wouldn't we love to see a few of those in England colours as well this summer? Final question. Kevin Shine, talk to me a little bit about his influence because he is—he was one of the leaders in kind of taking bowling into the, the physiology of it and the sports science. So that must be brilliant for you all. Yeah, you know, Shine is obviously very good. He, he knows—he knows a lot about a lot of things. You know, he works incredibly hard. Like you say, he knows all that sort of physical side of it and works really closely with the sort of medical department on that. And he's technically very, very good, you know, bowling-wise, but. You know, he gets it as well as having been a fast bowler himself back in the day. He gets that, you know, all these numbers and things like that, that sometimes it's just a case of asking you, how are you feeling? You know, if you say you're tired, then you're tired, you don't bowl. You know, it, it's it's nice that he's got all the science and all that sort of thing. And he, and he just wants to make everyone better all the time. And he won't let you just sort of slack off and cruise through. And But he's always looking out for you and making sure that we keep everybody as fit as we can and as good as we can. 
Uh, well, he is certainly having the effect of making you guys better at the moment. Brilliant start for Nottinghamshire in Division 1. Brett, good luck against Essex this week and thank you very much for joining us. No worries, cheers. And everyone considered them experts on matters county. Yeah, that was Brett Hutt. Not necessarily the most heralded of all the Nottinghamshire bowlers. You look on paper, there's a lot of internationals in that side and you've got people like Luke Fletcher as well. But Hutton is very much leading the attack, certainly in terms of wickets for them. Dan, you're doing the live stream this season down at North Ants. Talk to us a little bit about your experiences down there and also the game. I mean, a disappointing one from the home fans perspective. Yeah. Um... So far, the experiences at Wantage Road have been have been brilliant. Everybody behind the scenes has been incredibly welcoming, um, really supportive of of this new venture with the live stream as well. I appreciate there is some some tension between different parties, which doesn't always make it that kind of pleasant. But nonetheless, it's it seems to be going pretty well. It's it's a lovely place, I think, to watch cricket. Anyway, um, unique all the way around the ground with the different stands that it's got, all providing. A different characteristic uh, depending on where you look and in terms of the the game itself brilliant if you're a nottinghamshire fan brett hutton bowled fantastically in the first innings and i think that's his third five for the season as well um but there were cries of that was rubbish at the end of the the game as the the north ants batters left the field and and they completed that innings defeat it's been really tough going for northamptonshire so far this season one of the bright sparks, though, Dan, sticking with you for a second, has been Ricardo Vasconcelos. Is there a, I mean, I watched him at Taunton last week. He just made it look easy in the first innings. He made it look easy in the second innings and actually got out on as night was coming on the end of day three. But it feels a little bit like at the moment, if he doesn't fire at the top of the order, then they struggle to recover from that a little bit. It does certainly feel like that. Yeah, he's, he's, that was his first, kind of considerable score wasn't it down at Taunton um last week which was really nice to see and he got 62 in the first innings here I will kind of caveat that to say he did get dropped on 11 I think he got dropped on in the 30s as well and I think there was a missed run out not certainly not Ricardo's fault but you have to take that into consideration um Hassan Azad was on the short term contract for cover for Emilio Gay who's come back into the team so that's his first game back as well which I think I've heard rumours that they might be a little bit earlier than what they wanted to but I know Hassan got wrapped on the finger didn't he last week down at Taunton just to kind of confuse things a little bit more Sam Whiteman's looked really good um, fantastic cricketer he got two absolute peaches from Dane Patterson two of the best balls that you'll see in county cricket so far this season and unfortunately for Sam Whiteman he was on the end of both of them and then I thought Safe Safe Zayab batted quite nicely, very fluent, and made it look like a little bit of a different game. The rest of the batting lineup, I don't think, is respectfully worth delving into. There doesn't really appear to be much much stick. Um, there's it, it's quite tough, and it's it, it's kind of one brings about seven at the moment for Northamptonshire, which is certainly something that that they will want to address. And I think the other massive positive is how Jack White's played so far this season. He's it was an article in the cricketer from James Coyne saying that he might be the unluckiest bowler in in world cricket at the moment. And honestly, I think having watched him, I don't think you're going to need much more evidence to suggest that that might be true. 
Yeah, another one of those stories of players who haven't had it easy that have come all around. Annie? Yeah, I, I only want to just quickly say that, um, backing up from what you said, I, Sam Whiteman looked um, really, really positive um, inclusion in, in the North Ant side um, when he was playing against Somerset. Really, really um, good captain um, in the Sheffield Shield, obviously um, winning in, in Western Australia and uh, he brought that forward and 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 that was a, a really really fine fine bit of captaincy he did last week um for Somerset so i think that is a really positive you you've got a you know a couple of australians there that are, are looking good yeah, I was waiting outside the dressing rooms at Taunton for Sam Whiteman. I just, you know, you know, you know what these players look like on pictures, but you don't, you, you don't back yourself to recognise the right player. But when he came out wearing Birkenstocks, I was like, ah, okay, that's your, there's your Australian overseas, ah. uh, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, very quickly, Nottinghamshire, fourth in the table. There's already a little bit of a gap to Surrey and Warwickshire in first and second, but could they? mount a, a challenge for back-to-back titles. Division 2 be a Dan Whiting, Division 2 being their title last year and Division 1 this year. I think it'll be a step too far, but I mean, they're, they're an impressive side. Side. I mean, you know, they're a test-playing county and it seems to be the test-playing counties are going to be up to the top. You know, they've, they've got more money than everyone else. And I think, you know, we're going to see Surrey, Warwickshire. And I think Nottinghamshire will probably be in that little pack behind them. They've got some unsung heroes in that side. And um, I think they're well led by Steve Mullaney. I think Brett Brett Hutton as well. He's got one of the best nicknames in cricket, Brett the Hitman Hutton. So uh, there you go. But no, I don't think they've got enough. As for North Hans, I think they're going to be in a relegation scrap. And I think it's going to be two from four goes down. And I think sort of Kent, uh, Somerset and Middlesex will be down there with them as well. So I think any two from four could possibly go down out of that lot. Uh, it's certainly starting to shape up that way. Let's look at another potential title challenge, and we'll go to Edgebaston, where Warwickshire beat Essex by four wickets. A relatively low-scoring game, actually. Will Rhodes, Warwickshire's skipper, he made 63, and they ended up... Well, they struggled. They limped over the line. They were only chasing 100, and they were six down. Annie, I've mentioned his name already in the show. Chris Rushworth, he mm-hmm. has 30 wickets at 14s, four for in each innings. We knew he was good. Did people really think that he would go now at his age, with respect, into make the step up into Division 1 and take wickets at this rate? I know, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, I did speak to him before he um, made his move to um, Warwickshire and uh, I was kind of like... So, so why are you doing it? And he said, you know, I, I just, you know, there's, there's, there were various reasons, but also he, you know, he, he felt like he, he wanted to still perform and and get results, and he was really up for the challenge. And I think sometimes you just need that little bit of a push, don't you? A different change, and it's really, really working for him. And and thankfully, it's working for Durham as well. Strangely, you know, so I think he had a big celebration on uh, uh, the other night. Uh, 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 had quite a hangover so um <laughs> so he's he's really enjoying um doing doing what he does best and and uh, obviously firing like crazy wickets galore isn't he yes indeed well i wonder if uh, that did that celebration we won't reveal it but it might have happened on the saturday night given that uh, sunderland beat luton and they only had <laughs> 
batting left to do. So let's probably say it was a good thing Warwickshire weren't any more than uh, six down by the end. North Ants, Dan, Warwickshire for the title, potentially, and with them, a man whose numbers aren't necessarily the standout in the Warwickshire side, although he did make 50. Hassan Ali is a real entertainer, isn't he? I love watching Hassan play cricket. So the celebrations, it's got to be one of the top three celebrations in world cricket. I don't care who you support, where you come from, who you follow. If you don't get excited when Hassan Ali takes a wicket, I think you're, you're, there's something wrong going it's on between, between your arrows. It can't be any better than Imran Tahir at Birmingham <laughs> the other year where he, he lapped Edgbaston three times, went down the Pershaw Road, round the ball ring and then back to his mark. <laughs> That'd be a good. I think that'd be a good battle. I think for for the gold medal place, maybe a bit of Sheldon Cottrell in there as well. <laughs> yes, Ooh, yes, yes, definitely. I have that one in. God, there are some. It's lovely to see people enjoying taking wickets and scoring runs. Dan Whiting, Essex, not a great. Well, I was going to say day, but four days at the office for them. Yeah, I think that's a huge, huge win for Warwickshire because I thought both these sides have got a, a sniff of the title. Obviously, Surrey are the favourites, but I think both these sides would have fancied themselves as an outside chance of the title. And um, I don't think that's season-defining, but I think Essex will be very, very disappointed to lose that one. Yeah, I agree. They're the side that Essex are the one side. Dan Lawrence aside, they're probably not going to lose anyone in the summer. And actually, I don't think... Unless there's injuries or a real loss of form, Lawrence will get into that test team. So that Essex 11 can be injuries allowing consistent for the rest of the season. And that might be where they they see their opportunity. But as I said, that gap is already opening up. Well, let's talk about the title favourites. And Dan, Middlesex Dan, I'm going to come to you first because... Unfortunately, it was a bit of a thumping for your boys south of the river and their batting failures came about in a slightly reverse way to the way it's been all season. Usually the norm so far, the first couple of games has been, well, three or four down without many on the board. This time, 166 for one became 209 all out. And from there, it was a difficult, difficult game to save. Yeah, they, they bagged quite well at the top of the order. Sam Robson, good to see him return to form. Uh, Peter Milan as well, very wristy player, looks a, uh, a good, hard sort of South African import. But, um, I mean, you go over to the Gasworks, it's always difficult over there, isn't it? And Dan Worrell did the business. And from then, you're always up against it. And, you know, they battled hard. But, I mean, Surrey have just got that edge, haven't they? And they look uh, they look odds-on to retain their title. Did you uh, slip down for some prawn sandwiches there, Dan? I know you enjoy a bit of hospitality at Surrey. I do enjoy a bit of hospitality down there. I didn't, unfortunately. I'm there for the first day of the World Test Championship where I aim to be quaffing a very nice Sancerre or possibly a chilled Sauvignon Blanc. I love the way you'd used a singular there. I can imagine plural will come hey. in. To, uh, honestly, play. honestly, mate, you don't even get to finish your glass before a waitress comes round and tops you up. It is, uh, yeah, and a good friend of mine, Trisha Garrard, she's uh, she's now the president of Surrey, mm. so I'm, I'm her guest. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I do quite like it. I give them plenty of grief, but, you know, I'm up against it. It's a small crumb of comfort in my life when Surrey are, are outclassing Middlesex like they are at the moment. 
I mean, we're an audio only show, but if the listeners could see, Dan is grinning like a Cheshire cat. I mean, that he calls it a small crumb of comfort. I suspect it's a fairly large, uh, a much bigger crumb than he is making out. Uh, I was, I was going to call you Other Dan, but that's really rude. Sorry, Other Dan. No offense, Dan. Uh, Surrey, they just, they weren't even at their best, I think, is the is the real worry for everyone else. And they've won by nine wickets and people like Jamie Smith are scoring runs. Their opening partnership is not going to be really troubled by test selection. I don't think Burns and Sibley, however many runs they make, it's, we just can't see past them. It's a race for second, is it not? I think so. Yeah. I mean, one thing I did think that was that was really quite impressive, obviously all the sky cameras were there, weren't they, for this round? And um, the the production value, is, I mean, sorry, do a brilliant job anyway, but to to listen back through the wickets of that five for, for Dan Worrell and and just hearing the really crisp and precise moments where Dan Worrell arrives at the crease and and hits the stumps or picks up the edge or whatever that might have been was was brilliant to watch but you look at that sorry lineup and I don't think it's a million miles away to thinking well it, it could go off and play an international um test series and probably do pretty well um to to be honest with you I mean it, it's stacked with experience isn't it and um, they've done very well to to get two Australians over there with Kemar Roach as well. And as you say, a lot of experience in Burns and Sibley, um, folks, Jacks in the middle as well. It's It looks like a really stacked team. Yeah, it's massively stacked. It's good. It was brilliant actually to see Sky go in and give it the full bells and whistles. And I think that leads us nicely, actually, Danny. We're going to head... Danny, Annie, God, this oh, is all going wrong here, isn't it? Um, there's so many Dans. Kind of... <laughs> Annie, Old Trafford, Lancashire. Now, that, weirdly, for what actually turned out to be a board draw, there are a fair few talking points. And the, the reason I wanted to, to highlight it is because Lancashire's TV stream is absolutely magnificent. They had Anthony and Scott Reed. They had Callum Flynn, who's going to come on the show a little bit later. Bumble was there. I think mm. Phoebe Graham was there. Kate Cross might have been there on the last day. Like, it's absolutely fantastic what they do up there. Annie, I'm going to come to you first on James Rue. Yeah. 100, 100. He's very good, isn't he? He's all right, isn't he? He's all right. Um, Yes. So what is he now? He's a leading run scorer in county cricket. And uh, I, I was reading Paul Edwards' um, rather critical um, uh, article this morning about... Um, the the Somerset uh, the whole thing and 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 the fact that Rue scored some of his runs off off wicket keepers and you know um and and that's that's fine and and I I I agree with the uh, a lot of his article and but but I still don't think you can take it away from James Rue that he has that class that is so needed in Red Bull and he's only nineteen he's only nineteen and he's scoring hundreds and he's and he's staying there and he's got a great arc he plays really well all the shots he's he's good he stays there he knows how to play the game he understands it at such a, a young age and I think that's vital and I I just want to I want to clone him and I want to I want to say look this is this is what Red Bull is all about and and let's keep him that way and and let's um let's cherish him because he is a class act and he is here to stay I hope absolutely beautifully put Annie I haven't read the criticism and, and I'm not going back at individual people but I think we just need to think that in that first innings, Somerset were 55 for four when Rue came in. Yep. Anderson was bowling magnificently. Will Williams, Sakiba Mood, Balderson, Hartley, Daryl Mitchell was the sixth bowler. A test 
cricketer was the sixth bowler they use and James Rude looked completely untroubled. So hats off to him, hats off to Casey Oldridge as well, who made a hundred. And I don't know, he that was in the second innings and it was his maiden first class hundred. And people might take it away from him because of the fact wicket keepers were bowling. Uh, before we go to the controversy, <laughs> Dan Jay, a quick word on Mr. Anderson, who has a groin strain. It has everyone really worried. 14 overs, seven maidens, two for 16. Like he just, world class are the only words you can use. Much like those fine wines that Dan Whiting's going to be polishing off at the Oval, he just gets better, doesn't he? With with age and apologies for the dad joke, um, but no, he's he's brilliant. And I must admit, when I saw that come through on my Twitter feed about the he's off the field, my heart did sink a little bit. Um, I really hope it's not a repeat of 2019, and we have to battle these horrible Australians without the best seamer, in my opinion, to have to have played the game anyway. I think, what is it, they're going to reassess him before the Ireland Test match, aren't they? I think is what I saw this morning. And I think I've read something to say that, or I think you said earlier that um, they might be overplaying it slightly, um, which, to be honest with you, if they're overplaying it slightly and it's all part of the mind games for the, from the ECB to wind up the Aussies, then I'm all for it. It was fascinating. I was in the press box on the day it happened and suddenly everyone is interested and the Lancashire media guy is the most popular man in the world and the press from all around the world are just t- are texting Jimmy Anderson for an update. It's like as if he's going to read that and suddenly give a reply and we've got very vanilla replies as you'd expect because the thing is about this stuff, everyone wants to know instantly. You don't really know. If someone's just felt a tweak somewhere, Like you can't diagnose it in the first half an hour after it happening. Um, credit too for Matt Henry, by the way, who made his Somerset debut, 54 for, for him. Obviously, he always takes wickets in county cricket. But Dan Whiting, right? This one petered out into a bit of a draw. It was very much a draw. Somerset batted on and on and on. 398 for five. They ended up shaking hands on a lead of, uh, I can't even do the maths, but plenty. 433. <laughs> 433, thanks, Annie. After the game, Glenn Chappell has come out and it's not held back. He's been very critical of mm. Somerset. Um, and actually, personally, I think it was a little bit laughable. He suggested 260 in 64 overs, basically two sessions, would have made it a 50-50 game. And this is a game where Langshire have taken 15 wickets in more than 200 overs. And his view was that this would have given Somerset a chance of bowling them out, four and over. Tom Abel then said afterwards, actually, we went to Lancashire the day before and said, we'll set up a game here. We'll give you 350 from a day. And Lancashire had no interest. Craig Overton actually responded to Lancashire's (laughs) Twitter account. It's all got a little bit silly, Dan Whiting. Thoughts, please. Maybe maybe Somerset did go to them and the sort of negotiation was turned down. The, the offer was turned down, perhaps. I don't know. I want to go back to James Rue uh, just quickly. Uh, we spoke about nicknames earlier. Uh, he's got the nickname of Kanga, I believe, which uh, is, is out there. But what a fantastic cricketer. And he likes Lancashire. I think that's his fourth hundred against Lancashire, isn't it? Um, he seems to like them, but... Um, we, I mean, we mentioned him a few weeks ago. He's very ginger. He's probably taking his life in his hands on a cloudy day being out there in the middle. But uh, what a wonderful, wonderful talent. <laughs> I'm going to go back to the controversy just just, just very quickly. I, I did hear from a, a couple of Lancashire fans um, in the morning that, uh, and they were telling me that Somerset had gone to um, 
Lancashire and um, offered and 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 were refused. So I don't think it. I think that there is, you know, there is uh, backing behind Somerset doing that. And also, you know, Somerset cannot, you know, afford to lose. They they just cannot afford to lose. Uh, I I agree. It's it was a it was a really, really um, turgid day for a, a lot of people um, and uh, and uh, a lot of people complaining that this is what's what's bad about county cricket and all that. But, uh, you know, it's. It's it's a, a dog eat dog at the moment, and uh, I think it is a, a really really tough one. Um, but uh, Chapel was uh, very damning of Somerset, and uh, I think I think he, you know I I think he like Sam was saying, there's a definite. Um, I think he's missing some of the points there. Well, Dan Whiting, I want to come back to you because there's a bit, there's a wider question here because this is professional sport. Like, are Somerset obliged to give Lancashire a sniff in the game? Absolutely not. Um, I'm a massive fan of the draw in club cricket. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't uh, in sort of any form of cricket, I, not that I do the pools coupons or anything like that, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I think even in club cricket now, what you see, you see a load of sides play like 50-50 or 45-45 games. And I'm still a fan of the time game. Because I love I think- the time game. Because I think it encourages a good captaincy. It encourages spin bowling where, you know, spinners don't just fire in darts. They actually get it up and give it a bit of loop, get it above the eye line and get men around the bats. And good captains can winkle a side out. And I think it rewards that. And I think there's a I think there's a, a place for the draw in mm. all formats of cricket. Not one day cricket, obviously, but I think in, in any sort of um, like club cricket or the four-day game, there is definitely a place for the draw. It's still a result. Dan Jay, your thoughts on the on this kind of, we'll call it in inverted commas, controversy, and also a little bit, I guess, on the social media side of it, because the club's social media is now increasingly, and Paul Edwards wrote a really good piece I thought, last week for the cricketer about showing class. Like Lancashire's social media were hammering Somerset, and there's, some, there's two schools of thought, isn't there? There's is the well actually that's what social media is for and they're trying to create engagement and then there's a, a kind of older school school of thought that actually you just need to show a bit of class in the game so your thoughts on those yeah i think well we spoke earlier today didn't we about a two of four battle um with staying up in division one and somerset were named in one of those four so i think it has to be taken into con- into context and you'd see it in other sports as well wouldn't you you wouldn't necessarily expect uh crystal palace to go to Old Trafford and and set themselves up to batter them six 0 You you have to kind of take those those type of games into consideration. And a draw for Somerset at Old Trafford could be perceived as a really positive result for for Somerset. I really enjoyed my time down at Taunton last summer, and I think those lads down there are are brilliant. And I don't I I can fully believe Tom Abel knocking on the dressing room door and saying, "Well, do you fancy this, lads?" And clearly that that potentially wasn't. Wasn't taken down. Yeah, with regards to your point of the social media, I think cricket finds itself in a really interesting position at the moment, doesn't it? With um, particularly the Red Bull side of it, the county cricket, we've we've got two, I think, quite distinct camps. We've got an older, experienced, traditional camp, and we've got a younger camp that's come into the game potentially through the enthusiasm that they've seen through the white ball game as well. You see it in a lot of other sports with social media, with uh, franchises and teams going back and forth at each other and having a bit of inverted commas banter um, that generates the interactions and generates the engagement. And uh, and I do think there is a lot of value in that. 
I must admit, I haven't seen all of the tweets from from Lancashire, um, so I can't say I'm fully qualified on it. But I think there is genuine space for it. I think if there's if there's friendly rivalry between the two and it does get fans talking, then I think that's absolutely brilliant. And I think we've seen it quite a bit with uh, Warwickshire and Worcestershire over the last um, over the last season. But if it does become almost obsessive, relentless, then I think at that point there, then then you kind of have to maybe take a little bit of a step back and think. Maybe this doesn't look come across looking too good. Yeah, I think that's very well put, Dan. Actually, and it's, it, as with anything in life, it's about balance, right? Well, let's talk very finally about a game. Well, it looks like it was balanced because it was drawn. It's the last game in Division One, but actually, I think Hampshire will view it as an opportunity lost. The bowl Kent out mm. for ninety-five, made three-seven-three, and Kent actually batted. I was going to say beautifully, but stoically. For the draw, Dan Whiting, I'm going to come to you first because actually we've talked so much about the Hampshire bowling attack, Abbas, Abbott, Barker, but it was James Fuller with five for 21 who was the star of the show. Yeah, he offers something a little bit different to that attack, doesn't he? He's um, he's quick, James Fuller. He's one of those guys sort of around the circuit. He's got that little bit of extra pace. He can crank it up to late 80s on a regular basis, sometimes even touching 90. And he's a, a good wholehearted cricketer. He, he can give it a bit of biff with the bat as well. And I think he, he definitely adds value to that Hampshire side. This was another one ruined by rain, though, wasn't it? I think... I think that was it the second day they got on at quarter past five and then they went off at quarter to six. So uh, those poor hardy souls down at Canterbury who hung around for a bit of cricket, uh, unfortunately got treated to half an hour. But I'm sure they, you know, had a few spitfires in that little marquee up on the bank there and uh, and talked about the game, which is what they do so well down at Kent. Yeah, I'm sure they popped into the supermarket, which they all love so much that it's adjoined to the ground. Uh, Annie, opportunity lost for Hampshire, but Kent will be pleased because that last inning showing 113 overs, 259 for four, big opening partnership between Crawley and Compton. Mm. Crawley batted actually well within himself. And then Leaning and Cox, who had that famous, what was it? They both made double hundreds or something, didn't they, in the COVID season where Sam Billings was sat there with his pads on. Um, A very different partnership for them, but an equally important one. No, I think um, fantastic for them to have uh, Crawley, yeah, getting some runs and and Compton continuing to be really, really good. Yeah, they batted out um, 113 overs, which is a really really incredible um, result and they and they still ended 19 runs behind so uh, <laughs> uh but uh yeah i think Ham- hampshire will uh really feel that they lost that lost uh, vital points is uh abbott injured he didn't bowl a lot i wondered about that he only bowled seven overs in the second innings mm. i'm not entirely sure um no. but that might be a worry for them dan jay is it too early to say that games like that almost ruin Hampshire's title chances. I mean, they should be winning that. Yes, there was rain, uh, but 25 points behind Surrey already. Uh, I think we spoke, didn't we, earlier about how difficult it does become to win these uh, games of cricket when you do lose such a, a large percentage of of the game. And as Dan said, we lost a huge amount of play on day two and it does make it very difficult. They have got Northamptonshire next week at home at the Aegeus Bowl. So they've got a really good opportunity to, to bounce back and put, put right the wrongs that maybe they they saw. I think James Vince was pretty complimentary about the the seamers and the effort, though, wasn't he, at the end of the the game? I don't think they're out of it. And I think 
similarly to Essex, they're a side that you look at and you think, well, going through the summer, they're going to remain relatively unchanged um, throughout the course of the year, which will undoubtedly be a massive bonus for them. Yeah, it will. And very final word, Dan Whiting, um, there was a piece, there's been some work, like um, some articles, some promotion around Sam Billings this week and the illness that he had uh, during the winter. And that's a cause very close to your heart as well. Yeah, I'm an ambassador for Melanoma UK. Uh, a friend of mine a few years ago sadly passed away from the disease, so I've been an ambassador for the charity ever since then. I think it's great what Sam's doing, and I also think that Life uh, life Jacket as well, Life Jacket Skin are now uh, in tandem with the PCA, so all players are getting their products. So I think it's hugely important that we keep getting the message across. And even on cloudy days, I know I joked then about James Rue mm. uh, being ginger, but even on cloudy days, you've got to slap it on. This time of year, the closer we get to midsummer, the 21st of June, where we're the closest to the sun, you've got to whack it on. So uh, it's hugely important we get that message across. And even if you're olive skinned, you know, even if you're not like James Rue, you've still got to slap it on. Yeah, absolutely. I wear Factor 50 as soon as the sun comes out. Right. You wear a bandage, Sam. Yes, I do. I do. (laughs) Right. Well, that rounds up Division 1. Surrey are at the top. North Fence are at the bottom. Everyone else is somewhere in between. Back to Annie. Well, it just uh, leaves me to thank both both Dans. Thank you very much. Thank you. And and to Sam as well. And uh, We'll be back next week for uh, to take you through round seven of the county championship, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you then. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats, and we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest. And as a matter of fact. It's time to get it off our chests. Cricket, 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 cricket. Sports Social Podcast Network.